0: This is the Hip Hop Save My Life podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Now sit back, because it's time for the podcast. Welcome to Hip Hop Save My Life, uh, another lockdown episode. Uh, another one. Another one, yeah. I don't know if I need to keep another saying it. That's another one. Um, I am here with uh, Madge, obviously. How are you? I'm good. Good afternoon. It's really nice to enjoying see you. Enjoying the weather? Yeah, yeah. well... Uh, it's you, nice to be inside enjoying the weather. It feels socially responsible to say you're enjoying the weather because you might encourage people, particularly I'm in mean, Crawley and this fucking scum. <laughs> <I> swear, they're <laughs> fucking out every opportunity, mate. Absolutely. Are you not there? Monitor, are you monitoring it then? I've not, not, not become that dude, but like, no. it does piss me off. I went to, I went to, I went to see my, I didn't go to see my mum. I didn't go to see my mum. I'm social distancing. I went to drop something off at my mum's house and there's a fucking helicopter circling above monitoring because Crawley is so liable to groups of people getting together. Anyway, that's by the by. I want to introduce our guest straight away because we are joined. We're delighted to be joined by Radio One's. Hip-hop DJ. I, I, I mean, that's not the title, is it? But it's Tiffany Calver. Hello, Tiffany. <laughs> is that the best intro you've Maybe ever
1: had? Sound effects or something. <laughs> come on, come on, come oh, away. listen.
0: In, in production, in production, we'll drop the horns in yeah. and all that shit. Yeah. You know, there
2: is on this system that we use to record, there is this as an option. I'll
1: take oh, it. I will take that. I hold on. Is
2: that, that is that the only sound? Uh, there's this but I'll save this for some of your jokes ah okay, that
1: was a bit yeah I'm not I'd go with that one for my intro because that one makes it sound a <laughs> joke so, so yeah um. Imagine, Tiffany Calver, uh,
0: <laughs> uh, Radio One's hip hop DJ is probably the worst way you've been described, isn't it? But um, that is that is the deal, isn't it?
1: I mean, if I, if if we're not going off of YouTube comments, yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm sure there's some <laughs> worse ones somewhere.
0: Um, how are you, Tiffany, you all
1: right? I'm all right, yeah, I'm still uh, still in my house, you know.
0: We're talking to you uh, on Zoom as well. And I've got to say to you, your framing, your shop is great. It's good
1: extractor fan.
0: Oh my god, do you know yeah, what? Nice.
1: Some dead flowers. It's nice. going on. Mm. Um,
0: <laughs> and, and how are you finding lockdown? Are you struggling with it at all, or are you, you, you enjoying it?
1: Um, it depends, honestly. It depends. Uh, some days I'm like going insane, um, mm. and then other days I'm really loving it, like, uh. I'm starting to really enjoy just being like a human. I know that sounds really weird, but usually I'd say with the past like five, six years of my life, it's just been like constant. So I have no choice but to like learn how to cook and like stuff now. So I've moved away from like tuna pasta and I can make like chicken, (laughs) you know?
0: Yeah. you've got you you've got quite a uh, disgusting work ethic haven't you so has this have you found it have you found it tricky to sort of adjust to the fact that you can't be doing shit all the time now i mean have you found that easy to switch
1: to yeah yes and no um the first couple of weeks i was a bit like what do i do like i don't know what to do like trying to find things to do or like trying to think of like creative ways i could still work from home and like i don't know I I don't know I just don't know I don't have an off switch in that sense so I've kind of found an off switch like during this time just because that's all you can do and then um you know I found time for all of the you know books I've bought off of Amazon to make my house look cool like I can actually read them now uh which is good um and yeah, just doing other things like listening to podcasts listening to albums listening to music again even like that's the stuff I do to keep myself busy, but essentially it's still my job—like listening to music and, you know, building my my crates. But it's like fun for me because I'm a nerd, so yeah. And watching other DJs on live streams been um, been cool as well. But yeah, I'm just I'm just taking it taking it easy, which I'm not used to. Like I told you, I woke up about an hour ago. Like mm. that is mental. So
2: well, you know, it's one o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah, Romesh and I you are both up at six thirty.
1: Okay, yeah, I, I don't have.
2: Yeah. Not weird, like
0: together. We're, we are social distancing, <laughs> but what, what happens is is that Rupert wakes up and then he phones me and he says, "Are you up, babe?" And I say, "Yeah, I'm up." <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Are you working? T- are you
2: doing your radio show still?
1: Yep, right no. this table um uh, yeah. yeah no that's that's been interesting too because I'm probably the bane of my producers lives because like I I just freestyle on Saturdays so it's like I'm not necessarily like the most organized DJ ever but I have to say um I felt so much about I bumped into Benji B in Paris like must have been last year now <laughs> God, where does the time go? And um, I remember we had to, we shared an Uber to this party and I just got to ask him loads of questions. So I was like, so do you like prep your sets? Or like, do you like organize your crates? And he was like, no, do you? And I was like, no. (laughs) So happy. And I was like, what do you call your, like, what do you call your playlist names on your Serato or your record box? And he's just like, I don't know. And I was like, me too. And I just felt so much better. But yeah, I don't, necessarily prepare and uh, as we all know rap is maybe the most unorganized genre so everything kind of just comes out as and when and I'm I'm a bit of a annoying person in the sense of if something comes out I want to be the first to play it so I will be sending my producer stuff two hours before a show being like we need to clean this I have to play it tonight um, life because I, I can't do that to them so it's like I have to prepare the show throughout the week and then sit under a duvet, well, two duvets with a mic and uh, and I can't breathe. So it's really fun. Um, I think my produ- my producer wants to make like a bloopers of like all of the in-between parts of links because I'll just be like, what did I say the other day? I was like, um, and this next one is, and then I was like, no, that sounded weird. And this next one is, this next one is fuck my life. Fuck my life. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what I was doing. She's like, this is no joke. So you have to put it out somewhere.
0: Uh, I've been I've been having to record like VO and stuff for TV shows and um, and you put I put myself under a blanket and I just they go it's really good Ron but can you just not move because it's just rustling it's really good (laughs) it's really good vocal quality we can actually hear your duvet so do you mind sort of just sorting that out
1: (laughs) that's that's definitely goose it's it's a good duvet yeah Um, so how how long have you been doing
0: how long have you been at radio 1 now for just over a year now I
1: started January fifth. 2019.
0: And have you accepted that that's what you, I mean, is it, does it still feel mad to you that you're doing it or are you, have you managed to get rid of the imposter syndrome now and you're totally locked in?
1: Um, I think I'll always have imposter syndrome. Mm. Like, I'll I'll always have a bit of imposter syndrome, but I think everyone does, so I don't know how to explain it. It's like, you know, when you, like, have a goal and then you get it and you're like, okay, (laughs) I don't know. I'm always, I'm quite hard on myself. I, I don't really like doing things until I feel like I've earned um, it. And because I feel like I'm still such a baby, <laughs> I uh, I I did feel in the beginning like, shit, <laughs> like, uh, I need to prove myself here. And um, yeah, that's kind of gone. Like, I definitely think I have found my feet and uh, I'm just enjoying it. I'm learning to just enjoy show like I, I love radio it's something I wanted to do so I'm not gonna constantly be like oh, I shouldn't be here I'm just trying to make it my own um I think a year on I've kind of done that a bit <laughs> I'm still figuring it out but um you know I think people have finally established fire in the booth is not there anymore which is uh <laughs> which is... <laughs> yeah
0: I think fire in the booth is like having to do mo- the week after Frankie Boyle left do you know what I mean yeah. like, a- every single time we do did where well, the fuck Frankie
1: Um, legit Legit. i remember like when people be like oh so um oh you're a dj what what show do you have and i'd be like i'm on radio which also is so weird to do to be like radio one like you know (laughs) it's just a bit of a flex yeah Uh, great when you're flirting though like great when you're flirting but Mm. like i just be like um yeah i'm on radio one they'd be like oh like like tim westwood and i'd be like no I like charlie sloth no like me (laughs) (laughs) Well, cool so you doing fire in the booth and I'm like no that's gone that has gone <laughs> like you know but it's cool now people like people will be people know my freestyles now so they'll be like oh the Fredo freestyle they'll be like oh this oh you or they'll hear my name but they don't know my face so right, right, right. For ages <clears throat> and then they're like I know your voice and I'm like I don't know like I, I just feel weird doing the whole this is what I do because it's quite official now Whereas like when I was on an online radio station, I didn't mind. I'd be like, yeah, I got this cool little online radio show. But now when it's like, yeah, I'm I'm the big dog, you know? I don't really like flexing. So I'll be like, oh, and I'll be like, yeah, you should look at this freestyle. It's like Tiffany Calver freestyle friend, and they're like, You're Tiffany Calver. And I'm like, yeah.
0: <laughs> Do you <laughs> say exactly good... like that? Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. laugh
1: <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, always followed by an awkward laugh. <laughs>
0: Have you found that as it's gone on during the year, you've been, like, changing up what you do, or have you tried to, like, try things that you think, oh, fuck that, I'm not doing that anymore, and, like, if, do you feel like you've been evolving as it's gone?
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, 100%, and it's also about kind of getting to know your team as well, because I think everyone has different visions. Uh, essentially, it's supposed to be, you know, my vision, but you you work with your team, so it's it's a constant, like us kind of bumping heads and like figuring out what works and you know, if they've got more experience in radio. I don't, <laughs> but I know like music or, you know, I kind of, we kind of all help each other. So we've trialed a few different things. Um, but I always have ideas and I always like just doing something new. Um, I love doing like more interactive stuff with, with an audience because for the first time ever I have an audience which is cool (laughs) which was weird in the beginning to like realize and then it's like you get like a thousand text messages and it's like oh people are listening to me i need to stop faffing around (laughs)
0: Uh, do you know what what? do you know the the worst uh, you know i get so nervous about is whenever i go to do like Come to BBC to do like a be a guest or get interviewed on the radio <laughs> show, and then they go, I'll text in. I always get nervous that they're getting, I'm getting called a cunt on every text, and then <laughs> like I start like getting really paranoid and watching to see if they're tilting the screens away from me because everybody's going, I'll get this fucking prick off the show or whatever. Oh, I no. get so, I get so that you know, oh, the lots of lots of uh, lots of people coming in, Robbish wanted to wanted to say something like, Oh god, oh god, I'm <laughs> <laughs> you
1: ready. No, with, with my show. I get a lot of people in jail and I can't shout them out. And it's quite, I can't be like, yo, uh, bang your door!" Like, <laughs> I used to do that, but unfortunately, that's not how it works anymore. So there's no. a lot of people that like put it in code. And I find it so interesting trying to like figure out like, is this, can I say this one? I'm not sure. Like, you know, a few have slipped. And then I've had a, uh, I've had the prank texters. Yeah. Which my, my producer is supposed to like scan all of the messages Man. before I say them. But you know, some are, some are so good they uh, they slip through the grass, I guess, and uh, one one time, what did I say on radio? I said something like, <laughs> I was like, big up, Ginger Mikey, and all the boys working hard at Come Insider, uh, and then I was like, first <laughs> 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 like, out laughing on radio, like, oh my God! Like, but they felt it so well that you couldn't tell.
0: You just gotta give credit where credit's due in that case, i not you, do you know what I mean? They've, they've, yeah. they've used some creative imagination. Fair play. Yeah, for. yeah. So you are you are twenty four, right?
1: I'm twenty five now. Twenty five. Okay.
0: I know you still be twenty four, but I'm twenty five. Yeah. Well. Uh, well. I listen. You you're talking to two old men, so it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. But the, the the thing I wanted to ask is because like, we obviously on this podcast, it's probably fair to say that we cater to an older audience than you do on your show. Mm. Uh, there's no debate about that. I mean, we definitely do. But but, <laughs> but the thing that we have, like for example, the other night. I, did, I started doing a hip-hop quiz on Instagram with Yoda, right? And so we were doing this thing where we're playing it. He was playing a tune backwards and people had to identify it. And then like I started getting comments like, um, oh, I didn't realize you had to be over 40 to, to enter this quiz and shit <laughs> like that, right? So then we did another one where I, I picked I picked another set of tunes, like more like modern stuff, and I and put it on. And then loads of people were going, you're playing all fucking new shit. Like, this is all crap. I want to like, hear proper stuff, do you know what I mean? And so you just sort of, it's suddenly, not suddenly, I think from doing this podcast, you sort of realise you can't actually please everyone. Do you know what I mean? You're always going to be sort of, you're always going to be displeasing a certain section of the hip hop fraternity community or whatever.
1: A hundred percent. I remember I did a boiler room once and um, it was like a festival stage where it's like, I can't just play Mob Deep. Like I can't, like, do you know what I mean? I can't, It's it's a crowd, it's literally a massive field. Of 16-year-olds that want to hear Travis Scott like Let Me Live, and then all you get on the comment section is like, "Oh, hip hop is dead," or like, this "Is it hip hop? Why did they call it hip hop?" And I'm like, oh, "Okay, cool." <laughs> uh, cry myself to sleep.
0: I-, I take it you have to be, but are you naturally quite open-minded to to all the different styles and all the new stuff that's coming out, or is there stuff that you've had to as a result of your job, you've had to sort of go. Well, let me give this a chance, or let me listen to it in a more open-minded way than I otherwise might have done.
1: Um, <laughs> so I guess that's something I'm learning uh, yeah. with the time. I'm, I am. Um, I would say, I'm, yeah, I'm picky. I would say I'm picky. I think that's something that has kind of put a large difference in between, like the show now and what the show was I I, it's a Saturday night show but it is literally just stuff I like and I think that's that's quite important really like when when you live in a world now where you can just make a playlist of songs you like like there has to be something that makes people want to hear my opinion on stuff so I try and remember that and you know like I'll be playing like like my show on Saturday is literally like <laughs> it's like West Side Guns album and then it will be like play boycotty, or it will be you know like I I try and like do everything but I do have to like it Mm. and I am obviously super open to stuff and I have trained myself to be more open to other stuff or to understand it from an audience's perspective or who's listening because at the end of the day like it's a it's a compromise when you're when you're broadcasting but I have to like it I can't play something I don't like even if everyone else loves it if I don't like it, I won't be able to live with myself. So I just don't. Do you not have, um,
2: like on other, to Radio ones still do that, where they have like selected playlists or whatever of stuff you have to play, but you're, yeah, you're not. You know, that's good.
1: Hell no. Yeah. There's no yeah. way. No, I don't have that. No. I guess uh, same with like Benji or uh, Kenny Allstar or I think Snoop Chiggy shy as well, like, a few of us with like specialist shows, which means we don't have to follow a, a specific playlist. Um, is it
0: quite, cause I, I, I know, I don't know what, well, I can't even imagine the pressure you're under in that regard because I don't want to try and freak you out now, but what I mean is like, I've done, we've done, we've done things where we've recommended albums on the podcast. And if people don't like <laughs> the album that I've suggested, I basically have to stay off Twitter for a bit. Do you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, do do you? Because I guess if you're trying to if you're trying to play stuff first, if you're if that's you know you want to you want to get to these records before anyone else does, what that means is you're relying so much on your own instincts as to whether that you should play that record or not, right? You're not you're not going you're not sitting on it waiting to see what the general consensus is and then go, okay, cool, I'm going to jump on this. You're going, I want to be the first or one of the first to play this. So that's a shit ton of... I mean, you've got to have a lot of trust in your own taste, right?
1: Uh, I definitely have trust in my own taste, but I try... What I've tried to do is uh, look at it as almost like an open conversation. So it's like I might play... Sometimes I play songs that I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I'll play it, then I'll (laughs) stop it, and I'll be like, sorry, sorry, let me just play that again, and then I'll start it again and be like, right. And then I'll like mix So it's like I do a bit of everything. I just like having a... An open conversation if I co-sign something so far it's it's been right so
0: yeah, right, right, <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: but um e- even if it's not if someone hates it it's interesting to hear their perspective it's interesting to to see how other people react because at, at the end of the day I, I'm originally a DJ so it's like it's it's almost like a, I don't know like a testing ground for me where it's like do people want to hear this no they don't okay mm-hmm. so it's a bit of everything but for the most part, you've, like I don't read YouTube comments or, or comments in general anymore. No, that's so.
0: not. That's not. I mean, that is Jesus Christ. I mean, you should never. You should never ever ever do that.
1: No.
0: <laughs> oh, oh my god! <laughs> I remember, like, so, like some. I, I've been interviewed by like journalists in the past that don't have that attitude towards YouTube comments. So, like, they sort of take them as rational. So, I remember like getting interviewed by some guy and he's going, um. You're quite quite a divisive figure, aren't you? Because I I sort of looked at one of your videos and the YouTube comments were all, you know, some of them liked you, but a lot of them were sort of saying how much they hated you and blah, blah, I was like, yeah, that's a YouTube (laughs) mate. I mean, like, you can't fucking judge me for what (laughs) some fucking nutcase said in his basement. Like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Yeah, in the
1: the beginning, that stuff used to really get to me. uh, Really get to me. And uh, I even considered, like, not doing my job anymore just because I was like, yeah, I'm like not this person. Like when people, when I was DJing for like 50 quid in a basement in Dalston where there's like a hole and water dripping next to the CDJs, nobody hated me. Like, (laughs) oh yeah, she's sick. Everyone loved me. And I was taking three night buses home and like someone was smoking crack next to me on the bus. And I'm like, sorry, I'm really uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone loved me. Like it was fine. And then you reach a certain position or point where you're exposed to a whole new, uh, pool of haters. So that was interesting in the beginning. And then, you know, I look at it now, what I've told myself is it's like, there are people out there that, you know, I don't know, they might like eat mushrooms with like, Nutella you just don't know I wouldn't like them Mm. do you know what I mean so if they don't like me it doesn't matter or you know there are people that probably voted for people I wouldn't have voted for and they're probably pricks or you know there are people that you know BMP like I wouldn't like them they probably wouldn't like so you've just got to remember that the world is full of twats basically and you can't impress them all and that helped me
0: it's very difficult I totally agree with you by the way and I think that you, you know you, you have to I think your profession is similar to comedy in terms of there's something about comedy where if people if you try and make people laugh you're trying to do comedy they don't like it they want you and your family dead and it, it's, it's just like a, it's just a it's just a weird like angry reaction that people have and to be able to just go well I'm going to distance myself from that it's quite it's hard to do though and I know like you you feel kind of You've been quite involved in mental health issues and stuff like because that is that's all tied up with that. I mean, the fact that you were talking about potentially not doing it or thinking about not doing your job anymore as a result of it—that's that's, that's yeah. huge, isn't it? I mean, like, is that what is that part of the reason why you become so involved in mental health issues?
1: I've al- I've always been quite open. I think in in like a really lame way uh, when I was younger and I was going through a really tough time I didn't really understand myself and like what was happening to me and all this stuff um I always promised myself I would uh be the person I wished I had when I was you know first having anxiety or panic attacks or when I when I had depression for the first time and like not feeling like there was anyone that was like me, that I could talk to. And um, that's actually kind of the reason I went into music, like, because I didn't have any, anyone else. I was just listening to, to music, really. Mm. So it all kind of comes together. And uh, the, the more you get into music, and I think just like, the more I, I meet people, the more you realize how much people just want to talk <laughs> and they feel like they can't. And um, I've always tried to be that person. And then I was just like, yeah, I, I wanna I wanna continue to be a person that you know kind of is an advocate for something that I believe should be normal. Like it's it's a normal thing, uh, and especially in in our world, like in the hip hop scene and the rap scene, I know how difficult it is for artists uh, at any level to um, open up or to talk about things. So. I just want to make people feel like they can talk, and uh, I've definitely been that person. I think there are so many issues. Um, I want to make documentaries about it. There's there's a bunch of stuff I want to do, but yeah, I'm a big, big uh, advocate for just talking about things because I think people will always try and, like, with anything, like, people will always try and, like, just make it something bigger Mm -hmm. than it is, and it's like, I don't know. I'm definitely one of those people where, and I know I am, where it's like, if you come up to me and you're like, you're all right," And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of having a bit of a panic attack right now. But do you know what I mean? When usually people just like, yeah, I'm all right. Mm-hmm. But I'll be like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling quite anxious, actually. Anna, uh, like I'm that oversharer, so.
0: Would you do that in any context? Like if somebody just sort of was walking past and said that, you would- Oh uh,
1: yeah, um, mm-hmm. 100%, yeah. I don't
0: I, I'm the worst at small talk my uh, we were out on our government authorised walk the other day with me and the I kids and, and my wife and um, we bumped into like just some not bumped into fucking hell that's not government approved but we saw a guy <laughs> across <laughs> the that. other side uh, the other side of the road and he like nodded to say hello and then we just sort of ended up in a chat about the lockdown and blah 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 I and mean, then as we walked away, my oldest son just went, that is one of the most boring conversations I've ever seen you have. Because, that, <laughs> <laughs> because you do have those bullshit conversations. Well, you know, I guess we don't know when it's going to end, do we? No, you know, it's just all, you know, well, we, we plough on, don't we? Just all of that shit. Awful. Absolutely rank. That is um, why you need a ba dum Yeah, 100%, yeah. Yeah. So, what was your what was your route into into hip hop? How did you become so passionate about it? How did that become your thing?
1: I just think it's just always been a part of my life. Uh, it was that's the thing. Like it was never a ah uh, like I'm gonna do this and and be this. Like I just have always like from birth <laughs> been like listening to hip hop. Um, did,
0: did your family was it played in the house when you were growing up and stuff then?
1: Oh, all the time! All my baby, my baby videos. Yeah, I might actually make playlists out of the music that's in the background. <laughs> my parents are sick. Like, there's some SWV, Wu Tang Clan. I was a massive Busta Rams fan. Apparently, the first thing I ever said was "Woo ha!" and I'd always say it like constantly. <laughs> like that was that was the first thing I said. Not "Dad" or like "Dad." Yeah. It was "Woo ha." i got that you you know like i was honestly just raised as like 2 biggie everything and then you know my parents were quite young when they had me so they were still like you know, I'm still, you know, I like to party. So, they'd be we'll bringing that in. And my dad, my dad was more into, like, because he produced, like, he just in his spare time, he, like, makes apps and stuff, but he's constantly... The way I play a PS4 is, like, him on Ableton. So he was, like, constantly, you know, making, like, mixes and, like, our coffee table were turntables when I was a baby, but he was, like, a proper... Like, he was more Dilla um pete rock right, you right. Know, that kind of vibe um which is so funny because like now i absolutely get to kind of shit on him a bit where i'm like yeah i'm just going to uh america i'm going to jazzy jeff's house and he's like what and i'm like yeah just try and stay for a week and he's like with who and i was like robert glasper you no know, red Man's there yeah i get to do all of that and, oh pete rock was there he absolutely died over that one young guru and he's just like you're you're just living my life you're living my dream and i'm like i know but um no i've 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 constantly been into music my mum used to say to me that when i was a baby if she'd give me to my nan or to like someone to babysit me when she was going out she had to make sure she packed this vhs tape that she'd made of just like janet jackson record i don't think i've ever heard this um (laughs) <laughs> of Janet Jackson recordings, because I would be in nightmare. Like I would cry and just throw a tantrum. And if you put on the Janet Jackson tape, it's like a compilation tape of like her concerts and music videos and everything. I'd just be quiet. I'd just be there, like
0: like you have a sort of comfort blanket.
1: Yeah, Janet Jackson, my blankie. For yeah, sure. yeah.
0: <laughs> Tiffany, if you write a book, that is the title. Yeah, Janet, Janet Jack- Jackson <laughs> with my blankie. <laughs> She could get a quote off her as well.
2: (laughs) Did you know from a young age then that you wanted to DJ, like being surrounded by music? Did you have aspirations? No,
1: no, because I think my dad kind of put the fear of God into me when it came to DJing. Like, he's a proper... You know the the people you talk about that probably listen to your show and if you play new stuff, they're like, oh, what is this? Like, that's (laughs) so... You know, if I wasn't going to be like DJ Premier and like cutting and doing all this stuff, don't do it. So I was like, all right. So I didn't want to do that at all. Didn't want to touch a turntable So I was like, I will embarrass and shame my father. <laughs> I thought I wanted to be a journalist because I was always really good at English. <laughs> like at school, like I was the top student. So I was like, oh, yeah, I can write. I can write about about music I could interview people I love talking I don't know if you can tell and uh yeah so I was like maybe maybe that's what I do so that's kind of how I started I made a blog that was in at the time and uh Yeah. yeah I just kind of did that for a bit while I was still in Telford um with Sheep so that's kind of how it started for me and then I didn't really get into DJing until um I was kind of forced into it actually. Like uh, I was honestly shit scared of touching CDJs or finals or anything. And um, I I started getting really bad anxiety. It was like this period of time where it's like, you either decide to go to uni or you don't. And my dad was always like, oh my God, like stop blogging. And like, get a job and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, you don't get it. And like, it was that period of time. And, uh, I decided to take a gap year and I was still writing for, I was writing for what is now hype beast music was hype track. And I was doing all the reviews and, uh, just doing all that stuff and something just wasn't right. And a friend of mine was a DJ and she was like, just download like the software. And anytime you feel anxious, just like just make mixes, like blend stuff together. And, um, I've always been that person where at a party, in an Uber, you know, on Facebook when they tag you in those stupid things where it's like, best hair, yeah, best music. Like, that, like that. I, used to, I used to make my school disco playlist on GarageBand when I was in school. Like, I've always been the go-to. So even when my friends would be DJing, they'd be looking at me like, what do I play next? And all of this stuff. But it wasn't until I started making mixes myself, like, just out of, like panic <laughs> i was like oh i actually quite enjoy this and um i wanted to be on radio i didn't necessarily know i dj as well um what,
2: what was the first gig that that you got then for djing
1: um i made it myself <laughs> so yeah it's diff- it, it's difficult i think uh it's quite cliquey the DJ scene and um you know I'd been going to the parties and I knew some of the DJs and stuff but no one's gonna take you seriously like no if you're just like yeah I'm like DJing now like for the most part no one's gonna take you seriously and um I wanted people to book me so it wasn't happening so I was like cool I'm just gonna throw my own party this is like you know when you're young and you have like 300 people in your phone before you grow up, and yeah, I know it well. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I just threw a party and I made it like a fiver to get in, and um, there was a producer called Sango. There is a producer called Sango, and it was his. Uh, I was quite in with the Soul Action people because I was like, I kind of was like best street team in London for a bit. So I did his first show, and I did that, and that was where I DJed uh first and then I just carried on doing my own parties and then eventually because my parties were cool other people would book me because I was cool so (laughs) I'd play and um everyone I just loved people's faces when I play because I think um there's always that weird perception of like oh she's just been booked because she's a girl or like oh she's just been uh which unfortunately just comes with being a girl and I would literally go in like pyjamas or a tracksuit and be like don't look at me and then I'd just DJ like my, my main thing was like making people be like who the fuck is that so that's how it started and what, then, what
2: were those parties called did they were they, <laughs> they have a name?
1: um there were, there were these parties I used to go to where I was just like a fan for a really long time and then oh. for example, there's a party I'm sure you know living proof you had a
0: never group? Yeah, yeah. Um there's Snips. And- mm-hmm. Nodding, but we're not sure. No, so Snips not- did uh <laughs> Snips Snips uh, actually was um when I did the shows in New York, he did he did yeah, warm up yeah. for me. And then we went to see a proper New York hip hop party where Khalil was playing. And, okay, just so um, in the
1: Lower East
0: Side. Yeah, like, no, Lower East Side, it was Lower East Side, yeah. Um <laughs> and it was amazing. It was amazing. But I did feel, I'll be honest with you, I did feel like an Uber, I looked like an Uber driver that had turned up. I was, like, oh like I was looking around, I was thinking, I don't look like I should be in there. Oh, my God. Was, but apart from that, it's great.
1: I don't think anyone feels like they belong at Lower East Side Club, mm. to be honest, if you're not from that scene. But, no, so you'll understand this. So if you know snips, like I was thinking about this yesterday, I was like, when people are like, what are some of your biggest achievements? Or like, you know, a lot of the time people will be like, yeah, like when Drake kind of co signed you and did this. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But when Snips co signed me, that changed I, my life. Like, yeah. I was like, if Snips respects you enough, it's like, because you've seen his tweets, like, don't want to be on that side, the bad side. So yeah. he actually came up to me. I wanted I a, I, I, the first time I DJed a Living Proof, uh, these girls called Work It they asked me to do their sound clash. So I was up against like four other teams and everyone else had like flags and like all of this stuff, like horns and they were doing the most they'd make t-shirts. I just got back from Birmingham. Like I was in a cab, like in pajamas, like rocked up. Nobody is on stage with me and I, I won. So, <laughs> and I just remember him coming over to me and being like you know what in the beginning I was like oh this is just another like young person kind of jumping on this whole thing but like respect like respect you know your shit and I was like yes
0: if you want to know how much of a big deal that is uh, if you're listening just look at Snips's Twitter because you know that he does not I mean he doesn't fuck about with his opinions does he
1: love Snips love Snips
0: so do you think, you're, um, do you think you're the, your dad and you're having so much hip hop in, uh, in your life growing up, do you reckon that's the reason why you've got an equal kind of appreciation for the, the older stuff and the new stuff? Because to be honest with you, most of the guests we've had, if I'm being honest, I think will be balanced in favour of like, we've had more people say, I'm not as keen on this new shit. No, uh, and me. it's not what it used to be than we have had from the other point of view. And you feel like somebody that... Uh, is has a foot in both, you know, definitely has a foot in both camps. It's like you you're across all the new stuff, but also one of the, fir- the first group you mentioned were Mob Deep when you like when you came and did this interview. So, do you think, does that, is that unusual for you to, and do you think that we should give a shit about people having an appreciation for older hip hop? Does it matter?
1: Um, I think it does. I think if you actually are serious about something, you should educate yourself one, have an appreciation, too, and again be open-minded like that there's old stuff that actually no I love all the old stuff if I'm honest but like there there are things I don't like there there are things in the new camps that I honestly don't understand and I'll have my 17 year old cousin be like oh my god you've got to play this guy called 467 HR and I'm like no and then I feel old for the first time but yeah no i I feel, I feel like if you're in a position like mine like 100 you can't call yourself like the host of a, the rap show if you don't listen to rap and all all the different layers that come into that or at least have a, a deeper knowledge and appreciation for it um and i i'd say i'm quite lucky in the sense that i didn't just listen to hip-hop growing up i think people that purely just say like oh i just listened to one genre is like the lamest thing i've, I've ever heard really um so i think in some ways i can understand because I, I grew up in, in the era where there was myspace and all this stuff happening and two dope boys and that com and gangster grills and little wayne making mixtapes every day and like you know the blog era and Rap Radar and all of this stuff. So I grew up with what my parents gave me and then that was kind of my own thing, which they didn't understand. So when like the Kid Cuddies would come out and they'd be making songs with like a, a band called MGMT and it's like, you know, I, I can I can understand like how there is a Playboy Carty now or how there is a little Uzi Vert because they come from, you know, they're my age mates and that's what we, listen to you and we heard Lil Wayne doing rock albums and experimenting so and you know with time everything shifts and everything changes otherwise it's gonna die like the the one thing I think that's amazing about hip-hop and why it's probably like the the most you know diverse genre there are so many like sub-genres under this one massive umbrella like there is actually something for everyone Um, which I think is amazing like I I personally don't I'm sure like tell me if I'm wrong but like I don't feel that way about like country or indie folk music I think you can always kind of you know you listen to it and you're like yeah I get it Mm. whereas like with hip hop it's like even Griselda, like, Griselda having an incredible, like, moment right now. Lil Brody let off his 30, he ain't even flinch. Caught the body,
0: dipped to the A, nobody's seen him since. 560 bins, and I ain't need the tents. My weed scent sent, costs more than your mama need for rent. That's just for one zip. the drum rip, leave you rinse. Hide the body for a week and it's gonna leave a stench.
1: Rappers coming to my city, they gonna need consent. Cause we already know you, pussy nigga, we convinced. I told her the young kids are kind of appreciating it yeah. a bit. Yeah. Like the older camps of of hip hop heads, which I'm sure you guys can can tell me if I'm wrong,
2: but
1: it's nice to see that. um, Lyricism and like that still still is alive in a sea of like what the fuck is going yeah. on? With a lot of people.
0: And uh, do you think do you think like because you know we we, we have, we've had people on that have like said things like um, it's not about skill in the same way that it used to be or you know it's not about the craft in the same way that it used to be. Is that that is that bullshit or is that? I mean, what's your take on it?
1: I think it totally depends again on what you you class as that it's what you class as skill and and lyricism and the 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 specific kinds of beat choice that they go for you know if you love alchemist and like even budgie like he's more new and all of that stuff there is that lane or if you classify skill as Little Uzi Vert making a Backstreet Boys sample and making his own rendition of it and flipping it. And, you know, there are so many different lanes now that I think sometimes maybe it's, it's difficult to get, wrap your head around all of them. It just depends. And then obviously in the UK now, I think we've had this incredible surge of talent and music. And I'm actually really excited about the UK because there is skill, like there is skill in the lyricism, like not necessarily the the algorithmy, you know, still panny, like do do do, like rap music that's coming out that could be like a theme tune for a cartoon, yeah. but like the, uh, the actual <laughs> rappers, like there are some incredible people coming out. There's there's a guy called Millions from Birmingham, and like the way he raps, his cadences, his flows, like yeah, sure that the beat might be more current than like. If I put him in a booth and I put like who shot ya, like instrumental, he'll smash it. Like I had a guy called Parsaloo, he went over a two-pack beat, and like I was so impressed. And he's not your your classically trained like trained ear of he didn't grow up listening to that stuff. He's from Gambia. Like he listens to Nothing, he does not even know what that stuff is. Yeah. Like do you know what I mean? And the way he makes music is incredible. Badman, run up pin your bando. knack match that work like Rambo. With that white, I feel like Django. Shut down like half. Now they man they know. Real bad man, who you talking to? He got soaked by that dark black hue. She, me, I'm that big bad wolf. How many knows did I run to? There are so many different pockets of talent and like discovering, you know, it's not, people aren't like doing rap battles anymore and then it's not like, uh, what was that Eminem film? Eight Mile, like it's not like, (laughs) it's like, but it is still amazing to see like, there's a guy called Meeks Manny from Manchester and like the way he raps is incredible and then there are some drill artists. Obviously like there are some artists that suck And then there are some that aren't amazing, but we live in this world now where we're exposed to so much music all the time. Uh, Wow, it's the bane of my life. Like there's just so much music um, to hear and people can just upload something. So it it does dilute the, uh, I guess, the, the, the watering hole of talent a little bit. But when you find it, it's amazing. And yeah, and there's no gate.
0: It. There's fewer gatekeepers, right? Because you can just put stuff out there. So
1: oh yeah, hundred. It means
0: there's more of it, but the quality, the quality control is not quite there.
1: It's a, it's an interesting time as well, I think, for radio, where mm. you know, especially with with young people, which is which is what keeps radio alive. And like everyone just wants like the young listeners and stuff. But I, I personally feel like it's about having a. A relationship with an audience that want to come back and listen to you like people can make their own playlists people can make their own radio shows people can do any of that stuff they don't need to tune in and listen to you on a saturday night 9 to 11 p.m radio 101 1. you know well like done, well done, well done. you have to make them want to listen to you hmm. you know is your what is your
2: audience do you know, like is there like a specific specific age range or is it quite stretched out or
1: Mine mine is quite stretched. I would say it's more young than... i mm. kind of in the middle. It's not, like, super young. What has shifted, I do know, is since my show, where it was very male-heavy listenership, mm. now relatively equal, like, a lot more women listen. And I think mm. that's really sick.
0: Yeah. That feels like... I mean, there's a time when that... If somebody said to you... There was a, a rap show on Radio 1 where the gender split was almost 50-50. <laughs> You'd go It's never, ever, yeah. never, ever, ever going to happen.
1: Never. Um, yeah. But I think what what's really sick, and for, for the most part, I hate being asked, like... What's it like being a woman in a male-dominated industry and all that shite? That was my next question. Oh, yeah. sorry.
0: No, do you, no, you know no, what? Can I can tell you, you something, Rupert? Rupert's so desperate, to, and I said to him, "Do not fucking ask that question." He kept <laughs> up to the point he came, and he goes, "I really want to ask. I really want to ask." I said, "Rupert, just please." It's actually offensive. <laughs> an email about it and everything. It's actually offensive how desperate you are to ask this question. <laughs> well, um, I've
1: opened up that- yeah. to it now, but um, no. Yeah it's it's a question that always gets asked and it's like fucking it's the same as any woman feels in fucking anything like yeah. what do you want me to say really yeah. like oh it's so tough of course it's tough like whatever I've, I've had a tunnel vision on what I wanted to do and, and I got there and my gender clearly didn't matter like yeah. it's cool Mo- like and that's it like,
0: does, that, does that answer what? your fucking question Rupert
1: I didn't answer your
0: question.
1: No, not quite. <laughs> not quite. I'll, I'll, I'll go into it more. You know what? We'll, it. we'll, do,
2: a, we'll do a follow-up podcast. We'll, but... we'll
1: talk about it and then I'm never going to talk about it again. But um, no. what I've seen in the past year that has changed for me, one, like, obviously, when, when you grow and you, you get a bit bigger, your crowds are a bit bigger. And I remember looking up in January at my headline gig and I, like, looked up. And the diversity now of my crowd, I was like, wow. Like, I didn't even expect it. Like, so many women, like, in the mosh pit with, Mm. like, so many men. There are, like, gay couples, like, straight couples. Couples are coming to a a rap gig together. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) They're mates. There are like, older people. There are super young people. Everyone's just having a nice time. And I think that is something I'm really proud of. When it comes to my position, because I think, and from conversations, because I went in the the crowd after and I was like raving with everyone and dancing and having a chat, and um, people travelled from like all over the UK. Someone had flown from Atlanta, like it was crazy. And um, what was nice was the women would all be like, "You make me feel like it's okay for me to listen to this stuff," or they'd be like, "Yeah, I don't know." And it's such a nice feeling because I think, and again, another thing that I fucking hate when um, I'm talking about rap or I'm doing interviews is like the whole like misogyny thing. But how do you define that? Like how can somebody tell a woman well, like no you shouldn't listen to that? It's disrespectful. But you can't really dictate what offends a woman and what doesn't. It's like, yeah, there are definitely some stuff. There's definitely stuff that like I've listened to it and I'm like, yeah this is cool. And then they'll say something absolutely wild and I'll be like, um, okay, well i not say that then. Like <laughs> But for the most part, that's, that's my choice. So, mm. you know, I hate when people are like, oh, as a woman, how can you, like, listen to Juicy J? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Have you heard pimpsey Like, and you think Juicy J's bad? Like, you have no idea. <laughs>
0: what? Um, can I just, um, I just want to distance myself from the questions <laughs> that we're to ask. So, <laughs> Tiffany we're almost out of time Uh, this has been amazing thank you so much Rupert would you say best guest ever best guest ever hands down (laughs) have you you got an album that you can recommend you listen to at the moment or somebody that we should check out
1: I would recommend west Side guns albums yeah. left out that fair shell did the impossible comparable Hundred drum six and solas came optional shit unstoppable, a stopper ducking and dodging topless call popped the front of the magic earn my respect talk seek when I whipped it ain locked to still look gorgeous face in the stock yeah yoda merry comic collector a guy that is amazing and i think everyone will enjoy it uh jay electronica's album which is basically watch the throne 2 with jay-z uh i think that's amazing um yeah for now i think that's it there's there's something coming in may that i think everyone will like but i can't really say oh too much <laughs> yeah okay that's what uh,
0: I well Tiffany thank you so much for coming on man we really appreciate your time and uh, good luck surviving the lockdown mm-hmm. and, thank you, you uh, too. and once again I'm so sorry about Rupert um, <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah uh, but thank you so much man. no worries